This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Let's head back to the phones. All right, let's do it. Tommy's in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? Gordo, Larry, how are we doing this evening? Tommy, how are you? Uh, always good. Um, so I, you guys started the show off with the Rangers. Um, before tonight, you know, I was still – it was still on team Igor, but uh, he's either got to be nursing an injury that's not reported or something's wrong. And uh, now I'm leaning towards the, the idea that Jonathan quick has to be the starting goalie because he's been significantly outplaying him. And I hate to say, it cause I love Igor. And uh, just the other thing real quick, and I'll let you guys react. Mm-hmm. Nobody can ever tell me that hockey players are not the toughest athletes in professional sports. I don't know if you saw the uh, the morning skate interview with Barkley Goodrow today. So a week ago, he got hit in the face with a puck, and he he spit some out on the ice when he was at, when he was down. And they asked him, you know, oh, how many teeth did you lose when you got hit? And he goes, well, I didn't lose any teeth. That was just part of my mouth that should probably still be in there. And he's still playing. So I don't I don't want to hear. Kawhi Leonard. I don't want to hear Anthony Davis. Take. This guy, these guys are unbelievably tough. You're getting the argument for me, Tommy. Yeah, I, I don't think that you get any argument from anybody. I, I guess maybe mm. football might be uh, the only argument you might get because the guys are bigger and some of the guys are smaller, and the guys that are smaller are usually ones getting hit by guys who are bigger. Um, oh yeah, and I, I give yeah. I give Tyreek Tyree Hill. You know, all time tons of credit for coming back in the other night. That was crazy, but yeah, I look I, in terms of the toughness. I don't think Thanks, anybody's going to question whether or not hockey players are tough. I think no, that that's they are. You don't. I don't know anything about hockey, and I know mm-hmm. that hockey players are the toughest guys out there. It was funny when when I was covering hockey, we we'd sit in the press box going and we would joke. Player goes out, uh, lower body injury, upper body injury. Head injury will return. <laughs> <laughs> right, will return. <laughs> yeah, no question. Because they tape do. it up and and, and come move back. on, right? Yeah, let's it's go. Crazy. Let's do it. Jim's in Jersey. What's up, Jim? How you doing, boys? Hey, Jim. Yeah, basically, I wanted to know about like the Dolphins Jets game. You know what I mean? Coming up on Sunday, I wanted to know. You know what I mean? We were playing against like the Dolphins were playing against the Jets. Top top three defense, unquestionably. Uh, are we going to, like, start Tyreek Hill the entire game? Because, man, he's, he's hurt and beaten up and whatnot. Well, I mean, I think the fact that he's been listed as, as day-to-day is a good sign. I was worried that even though he came back in last night, that that was just like the, the, the adrenaline flowing at that point and that when you get off the adrenaline from the actual game that things swell up and he's not in as good a shape. So uh, the fact that they've not already kind of ruled him out at least leaves me open to – uh, hope that he can play on Sunday because if he doesn't play on Sunday, I have I have zero hope that they can win the game. Uh, I think that what happened last night, Tyreek Hill last night, by missing game time, proved he's more of the MVP than when he actually plays. As great mm-hmm. as he's been when he's playing, when you watch him not playing and what the Dolphin offense looks like without him in there, it's clear he's the MVP this year. Whether or not he gets it, I'm not sure. And if you're Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich, here's the scary thing. When he came back, you knew he was compromised. He still was wide open. Yep. He still was wide open. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wide open. They couldn't defend him. He was still wide open. 
Yeah, I, it's athlete. weird that like somebody suffers that kind of injury, leaves the game, and then comes back into the game, and then kind of leaves the game again. Like it's, it's strange. So I, I don't know if he definitely plays this week or not. Whether they they, they may hold him out um, because they end the season. Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. Uh, they're not going to say, Gordon. No. This is going to be yeah. you know this is going to be gamesmanship. You're not going to know till probably he'll be questionable. I think they will eventually list him as questionable, and you'll find out whether he's going to be available during the day, on yeah. during the game. Mm-hmm. And they'll probably use him in if if he's compromised somewhat. They'll use him on certain sets or certain you know schemes that they have. They'll put him out there, and he'll get the attention. So you know, I it was fascinating when I read that he said his wife told him to get back out there. That was that was funny. <laughs> yes, She's like, then yeah. maybe she had money yeah, on right. ESPN. Have you seen bet. the offense without you in it? Yeah, <laughs> we need they need you. Definitely do. Uh, Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Good evening, Larry, GD. Shout out to the company and hello to Harvey and Joe. Uh, just wanted to, you know, chime in on Gordon's misery because, you know, December, that December code is starting to hit and, you know, January is about to hit. And we, we all know that, you know, this usually ends up happening. And it really is sad because, Just imagine, Larry, watching, like, possibly the greatest quarterback ever and just never really, you know, only just having one opportunity and then getting destroyed by Joe Montana, who was actually the greatest winner in the sport. So it's just, you know, just imagine just, you know, you know, having to live through that, Larry. And the scary thing is, Jose, he never got back. And those teams weren't bad. Those those Miami teams were not bad teams. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So um, just uh, also as far as with the Knicks, you know, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, Larry, because, you know, I still wonder, like, what the team would be. But to me, uh, you know, where, 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 where I kind of get lost on the ride is, you know, it all leads back to Donovan Mitchell, doesn't it? And to me, it's just like uh, I, I'm one of those that I'm just like when it comes to Tyrese Halliburton and guys like, you know, Paulo Bencaro and, you know, Donovan Mitchell and, you know, all the people that, you know, the TNT guys mentioned that, you know, it looks like we have like the third or the fourth best player on the on, on the court sometimes. And it does look like that from a talent perspective. But some of these guys haven't still proven to be winners yet. And I'm just at the point where I'm just like, I'm kind of happy with where the Knicks squad is right now. I know that there's still a lot more improvement that needs to be made. And we're still a few moves away. But I'm still at the point where it's just like, I'd rather have, I'd still rather be in this spot right now than trade for a guy like a Kawhi Leonard or Paul George where I'm hamstringing my future and I'll have no assets after after I see that that, that doesn't work. So that's kind of where I'm at with, as a Knicks fan, Nick fan trying to see and navigate through, the, through these waters of where they're at. So just wanted to throw that out there. And once again, shout out to the company and have a great one, guys. All right, Jose, I hear what you're saying. And... I'm not disagreeing with you. The only thing is, eventually, they have to do something because teams that are ahead of you are improving and they were better than you already. So you watch, as I said before, Boston going to get Porzingis. And listen, we had Porzingis. I'm not a big Porzingis guy. But Gordon, he's the fourth best guy. Right. So they're not asking him to do a lot. He's not carrying the team. He's the fourth best guy. Um 
Damian Lillard goes to Milwaukee. Gordon, he, I mean, he's really the second best, but with Middleton out there, he's not asked to do, you know, he can just be Dame time when he wants to. They brought him in to be an option in the fourth quarter, really. So that's where he is. So now that makes them a little bit tougher to defend because they can really spread the ball out. So that's when I'm looking at the teams that you were that were better than you, that you were competitive with. Gordon, you haven't won a game against those teams this year. So that's that's where I am. I'm like, okay, I know I've said, and I still believe that, I'm happy with the way things are. This is not a 20-win team. This is a team that's in contention. This is a team that's going to make the postseason. Lord knows I'm happy. I'm not complaining about that. But Gordon, eventually... I have to raise my bar, right? I, I can't just be dormant. I can't just say, okay, I, I accept this the way it is. This is the way it's going to be forever, ever in the day. I have to now, especially knowing in the back of my mind that these draft assets that were so great when the team was struggling, Gordon, there's a shelf life on them. Yep. And, and, and I've got a guy sitting on the bench that's doing nothing for me that, that you know, you're shorthanded. You can't even play him. Fournier making $13 million sitting on my bench. So I've I got to get something where I can get more pieces. I will say this, Jose, and then Gordon, I want to hear what you have to say. I like the Knicks as a team. Does that make sense, Gordon? I like the Knicks mm-hmm. as a team. I like the pieces that they have as a team. I just need for the individual talent to step up a notch to be a part of that team because now when my talent steps up and now the people who are starting now who might not be starting – because we have more talent, that makes my bench even better. That's where I'm with the, with the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that if you told me that they're going to be top six again, I could sign for that. Uh, and and I, would, I would be okay, even if they got into the playoffs and they didn't win a playoff round, even though they did win a playoff round last year, I'm okay with as long as it's functional and solid and – and there's some level of production across the board until you make that big move. The problem is, is it doesn't seem like that big move is around the corner. Mm-hmm. There's no there, who who is the big move. And and you and as you said, these these assets, it, it's kind of and this is year four. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And, and you kind of would have figured by now. All right, you don't have to do it year one because you're just getting the lay of the land. And and I think that they all they overachieved by all of our expectations that first year. And then year two, they take the step back, mm-hmm. and then they get Brunson, and they take a big step forward. Okay, good. But now we're into year four, and it still doesn't really feel like that move. And, and let's be honest, if you had said when this whole thing started with this group that Julius Randle would be an all-NBA-type player for two of those three seasons, and yet he still wouldn't have any value around the league to bring you back that big piece— that's also a big stumbling block. It so is. not only does the guy have to exist, you have to take something off your team that the other team wants, not just draft picks, in terms of talent. And it doesn't really feel like that Randall is that piece that the other team wants. So if he's not that piece and you are able to find that guy and all these things line up, then you've got to blend that guy in with Randall as well. It's tough. It's tough. It's, <laughs> it's, it's tough not, to do. It's not – again, is it – significantly better than it was before they got here? Oh, Absolutely. Oh. Let's not pretend. And also, let's not pretend, well, the Knicks are stuck in this spot. This is a pretty good spot. This is a way better spot that they've been in a long time, and they haven't been stuck in it that long. They made the playoffs last year, and they won a playoff round in the first time in forever. It's not mm-hmm. like this is what it's been for like six years. But there are 
as you go up the mountain, it gets harder to get up the mountain. Mm-hmm. And how the Knicks get up that mountain with where they're at right now seems kind of hard to... That's why you pay Leon the big bucks. And, and so far, outside of the Brunson move, which, let's be honest, Brunson's practically like a family member. If he didn't land Brunson, I mean, what the hell do we bring the guy in for? The, whoever the next guy is is going to be a harder sell than Brunson was. And here's the frustrating thing, Gordon. You know, there's, uh, The Athletic talks about how the people around the league, front office folks, say that probably by the trade deadline, Toronto's going to just clean house. Mm-hmm. See, Occam's going to be available. And Anobi's right. going to be available. Mm-hmm. And then also in the athletic, you go further down and you read that <laughs> Toronto now is ready to file suit back against the right, Knicks. You're like, yeah. ah, he's not coming here. Yeah. No. Well, look, uh, at the end of the day, it's about doing business. And sometimes you might have to pay a little bit more. Yep. Get it done. Figure it yeah. out. You, gotta have, you know, it's got to be a three-team deal. Whatever. That's what it's got to be. Figure it's, it in out. In other words, they this can't be coming here. That's why you get paid the big bucks. Yep, they absolutely. can't be directly coming here. You got you to gotta send them to someplace else. And then we trade with that team to bring one of them here. That's how it's got to be done. Because direct- just what the Knicks need, another obstacle. <laughs> it's never easy. Never easy. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I mean, I think he represents, like, this area, right? Like, you know, sometimes you get in put in positions and it's advantageous. Uh, you know, you're in a disadvantage. But you know what? It's how you approach it. And I think what people are really gravitated towards is his approach. It's not too big for him. He doesn't feel like he doesn't belong. He doesn't have to prove that he belongs. He's just keeping it simple, playing, executing the game plan. You know, you look at last night. It, I mean, it was a couple plays that you're like, wow, that was pretty cool. But otherwise, very workmanlike. A lot like older quarterbacks where they were just more point guards distributing the ball. Kind of like, you know, I, I don't want to compare him to Tom Brady, but early Tom Brady was a lot like him. Didn't throw the ball a lot, didn't put the ball in harm's way, took advantage of situations, controlled the game, and let all of his players around him make plays. Saquon Barkley had a big game last night. You know, he had that fumble. But other than that, like, you know, Averaging 4.6 yards a carry, that is not anything to be scoffed at, especially in the NFL. Armani Toomer chatting with Bart and Han earlier today on 98.7 ESPN. It's Hardestine Damer taking your phone calls. We'll get back to the phones in a minute, Gordon. Tommy DeVito has played. Gordon, he's done what they've asked him to do. And I will say this. He's come a long way from a guy who they didn't want him to throw the football against Mm -hmm. the Jets to a guy that's really comfortable running down the field, making plays, and who brought his team back after they were down to march down the field and, and get a field and get a field goal to win the game. Yeah, I mean, he's played really well. Uh, he, now, he, he hasn't played out of his mind, but he's doing he's, – he's limiting mistakes. He's making some plays when they're there to be made. He's doing it with his legs and with his arm, and the team's winning. It's not any deeper than that. Like everybody's, why? Why is this uh, Tommy DeVito character all of a sudden uh, everybody in fall? Well, I mean, I think it's the fact that he's from the area and his family's in the stands and all that type of stuff, and he's a guy that's kind of come out of nowhere in a season that's been lost. But all that stuff wouldn't matter if he was going out there and playing like, let's be honest, like Daniel Jones played for the first six weeks of the season. It and to be fair to Daniel Jones. Uh, Gordon, this offensive line's kind of stabilized a little bit yeah, the past couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, of course. They're playing better. They're playing better, and that, that helps. And remember, this is the third-string guy we're talking about here. So, you know, the fact that he's been able to do what he's been able to do 
has been very good. And listen, if you're the Giants, this is great because you're watching him and now this helps you make a decision, right? Where do you go? You know, is he going to be your third string? Is he going to be your, your second string next year? What do you do? You just continue to watch him. Now, of course, uh, I think he'll do well against the Saints. It will be interesting to see how he performs in the two games with Philly, step up in weight class. Mm-hmm. But th- that's what you want to see. So, you know, you're, you're looking for that, and, and that's the bottom line. That's what you want to check out and see how this guy performs. And it looks like it's one of two things, Gordon. He's coachable, mm-hmm. okay? And B, they understand what he can do and what he can't do, and they always seem like they put him in the position where he's going to succeed. It just looks that way. And we talked about the offensive line being far more stable now. The defense has been, become, and I think also it's partly opponent, right? I mean, yep. like let's not, uh, you know, the the, the the stretch to start the season was far more brutal, and now Absolutely. you've played Washington and you've played a lot of these teams that are not are, are not as good. Uh, but hey, look, you, you still got to beat those teams. So mm-hmm. New Orleans is another one of those teams that you got to beat uh, and should beat. You're right, kind of. You know, they're six and seven. You're five and eight. So. Uh, that's not an unbeatable team. That's not the Eagles. So go beat that team. Absolutely. Frankie's in Putnam. What's up, Frankie? Well, I didn't have a chicken parmesan wedge today, but I had a chicken cutlet wedge with lettuce and Italian dressing. Just from all this talk, I had to go out and get one. It's been like a month since I've had one. <laughs> it was delicious. But the three of us, I think we're prophets. We talked before Thanksgiving. Now, you've taken a thousand calls since you'll, you'd never remember this, but the three of us mapped out scenarios where the NFC would come back to to, to these lower-seeded teams in the NFC, and by golly, did it happen. Seattle hit the skids. Minnesota's hit the skids, and they've got a tough game in Cincinnati on Saturday, and then two with the Lions. So it is. we joked about it and had some laughs, but... Eight wins is a very highly likely scenario for that final wild card spot with the right tiebreakers because Minnesota and Green Bay are playing each other three weeks from now. Uh, you've got all these other clubs we're talking about. Seattle's got the Eagles again. And wouldn't it be the, wouldn't it be the Eagles to lose to Seattle and beat up the Giants just to screw them? <laughs> but uh, get them out of the way. The Rams, who look like a very good team, They've got the 49ers again who are trying to get the top seed. And like you've been talking about, the Giants get them here at the Meadowlands. So we laughed weeks ago. We said, is it possible the Giants could get to 5-8 and eight and make the New Orleans game very relevant and be like a game within everybody else? Because they've, the schedule has them playing the teams that are a game behind. Saints Sunday, Rams three weeks from now. Um, and I think the last thing... I wanted to hit on was uh, what you just mentioned about the game yesterday, the offensive line. It seems like Justin Pugh, (laughs) he came back the week before the Washington game. Now, they've always had their way with Washington, and why shouldn't they? The straights Washington's in. But he he might have galvanized them in a veteran way. And then, of course, getting John Michael Schmidt back and, and Andrew Thomas. But he had some very subtle things he's been doing with the rest of the guys on that line, Bredesen and the other fella. And it just looks, like you said, it looks like they've they've galvanized and they've stopped the bleeding as far as those those you know those those uh, pass rushes that weren't even getting a hat on. They're at least you know at least giving him a chance to step up and move around and 
that wasn't the case earlier in the season with the other two quarterbacks. They You're right, Frankie. Really... Thanks for the phone call. Plus, the other thing, Gordon, I think what they're doing is, too, because of DeVito's ability to move uh, and run a little bit, they're staying out of those must, those long situations, right, where, okay, it's third and 15, we're going to send the house. We're going to bring everybody where he's not going to have a chance to get the ball off. So I think they've done a better job at managing the game and staying out of those situations where, okay, we know he's definitely going to pass. Let's do some things to try to trip him up. And they also have 12 uh, takeaways in three games. Yep, short field that, helps. That, that, that'll help. <laughs> short field helps. Makes your job a Just lot easier. Just keep doing that. Keep getting, keep getting f- uh, four turnovers a game if you can. Yeah. No, it's not. Well, do the best well, you can. Look, and that's what they've done. They, 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 they were terrible. They were terrible at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. They were like minus ten or something like that to start yeah. the season. Yeah, starting to even out. Just keep, yep. just keep doing that. You can keep getting four turnovers every single game. Mm-hmm. Tommy DeVito will keep looking even better. I'll say this: uh, nobody's talking about Dable and Martindale not getting along now. I, I mean, it they? was it was always. <laughs> oh well, I, I I was thinking today. Remember a couple of weeks ago, people were like, well, you know, maybe Brian Dable, maybe there should be some pressure on him. Yeah. Maybe he's on the hot seat. It was always. I, I always thought it was stupid anyway, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's kind of kind of cooled off. We'll see what happens in the off season. If there, if it's it's true that there's tension between those two. Uh, I would we'll say find that out. Gotta, yeah that we we got to figure out a way to um, work it out because they they kind of need each other in the defense. That would be a step back if they lose Wink Martindale mm-hmm. uh, for for something other than a head coaching job. Right, that can't happen. It's going to hurt them because they have yeah. to oh, do a whole huge new, step back. Yeah, you have to learn a whole new defense, and it takes time. It really takes time. By the way, uh, Thibodeau's played well the past month, Gordon. Absolutely. Of He's those two well. picks, they have nailed one and they have seemingly blown one. Yeah. But, yeah, all the talk, remember that earlier in the year, oh, Thibodeau doesn't really – he's got 12 sacks. Yeah, he's played well. You know, I know that sacks isn't the only barometer, but find guys who have 12 sacks on the year Yeah, and, and somebody who's in their second year and who has 12 sacks on the year. Yeah, he's on pace to get paid a lot of money if this yep. keeps up. He's mm-hmm. on pace to get paid a lot of money. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. The 2024 Navy Federal Credit Union NHL Stadium Series comes to MetLife Stadium this February, where you can see the Flyers against the Devils on Saturday the 17th, and then the Rangers against the Islanders on Sunday the 18th. Now, tickets are on sale now at NHL.com slash Stadium Series Tickets. Enter for your chance to win tickets at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. Just scroll down to contest and submit your entry. Hardesty and Damer on ESPN New York tonight, chatting with you at 1-800-919-3776. Gordon Damer, after last night, Saquon Barkley was asked about something Jim Moore will always be remembered for. Playoffs? We're in this. To be honest, like, I'm going to keep it real. Um, you know, we're not looking too far. We're not looking in the hunt of the playoff pitchers, but if we take care of what we got to take care of. You know, everyone can say what they want about the season, but it's weak, whatever, and everything we want is still there. Playoffs? Play- playoffs? I mean, but what is, Gordon, I, I what get is he that, supposed to say? Yeah, no, he, I get. Him, yes. I understand. He's on the team. Yes. I understand the team talking that way. Yes. Right now, there are three teams that are worse off than the Giants in the NFC playoff picture. The Bears, the Commanders, and Arizona. And I, I don't know. The Bears have kind of shown me something here. They have. 
I think Justin Fields wants to stay in Chicago. <laughs> or I he's mean, trying to move out of there. Imagine the whole if, if they figure now I don't know that you can do that if your if your mind was already made up, but if they mm-hmm. ever did say, you know what, we can we have figured it out and we can now win with this guy long term, they're gonna have the number one pick in a draft where there's a quarterback available who by all metrics and measures is gonna be the next guy mm-hmm. in Caleb Williams. They would get such a haul. Like they did the last time they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, they'd get like three number one picks, a couple of second round picks. You talk about building out a team. That's the way you build out a team. The only problem is if your quarterback's not any good and the other guy is, whoever made that decision is going to lose his job. Yeah. No question. No question. Uh, It's worth the roll of dice, though. You You know, the other problem for the Giants is they're they're saying, well, everything's right in front of us. The teams that are in front of them, though, they all kind of play each other. Mm-hmm. So somebody's going to win those games. Yeah. Yep. But you still look, got this week, Philly. go. go That's yeah, the tough I one. Mean, That's the tough why, thing. Larry, you're bringing up facts and reason. Why are you doing that? That's um, the tough thing. Yeah. Th- go beat the Saints this week. There's yeah. no reason you shouldn't be able to beat the Saints. They stink. Yeah, you're right. Gabriel's in Brooklyn. What's up, Gabe? What's going on, man? How you doing, Larry? Larry, listen. I was the same guy that spoke to you years ago when Toronto beat um, the Warriors, and I said Toronto was going to beat them. But um, I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. I watched um, this kid, Tommy DeVito, playing preseason, and I was like, it's something about this dude. Like, he could play football. You know, he probably just needs to get the opportunity to play football. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like one time I got on the radio, I was saying, like, yo, the, the Jets should have went in trying to get him because at this point, if he keep playing real good, he's going to be worth a lot of money. I'll you know, say this so I just want to say, like, I think I think the kid got, um, you know, like, people be stuck on the draft choice, like draft picks. Like, you guy got it because he was picked in the fake first round or whatever. That doesn't mean he's going to be good because you picked the guy in the first round, second round, whatever. Some people just got, you know, like I'm saying, they work ethic and that they want. He's the guy, like, I think, like, this guy want to show people, like, I could play this game. And, and he's showing me, like, he could play this game. I'm not. You're right, Gabriel. He is showing that he can play the game. But, you know, and you're right. It's it's not only the talent you have, but where you go and what is that support system going to be like when you get there. Because remember, if you're dra- with rare exceptions, if you're drafting number one, your team is not good. It's not good. So it's going to take a while for you to find out how good the player is. It's going to take a while for you to work with them. It's going to take a while for you to get up to to you know to where you can make a decision as to whether he's an NFL quarterback or not. And with the fact that, and now people are rushing it because we got the five-year plan. When before, Gordon, all right, let him sit for a year, let him sit for two years. Remember, Patrick Mahomes sat, you know, for a couple of years. Well, okay. for one full, almost a full, full year. Yeah, yeah full year yeah. behind Alex Smith. Right. All right, so, you know, and, and he learned. Now, you knew he had talent, mm-hmm. but he, Took you know. Took 10th in the draft, right? You knew exactly. he was the long-term, but you know, so, gave him a little know, chance, it, and that was a good team. It was. So it depends on where you go. And yeah. see, that's Tommy DeVito, Tommy DeVito would not be this Tommy DeVito if he got drafted by the Jets. No, he wouldn't be. And you just look at the Jet history with quarterbacks. Right. You'd know. He wouldn't be. The best thing that happened to Tommy DeVito is he didn't get drafted by the Jets. Yeah. That, would be, that, would, that would have been tough. That's why you understand that the Jets said this time, well, listen, let's go find somebody who's already a good quarterback. Right. And if he and if he outplayed Zach Wilson, they, we got to get this guy out of here. We got to we got to can't keep this guy around. We took Zach number 2. It's going to hurt his confidence. Gordon, explain to me how Joe Flacco's playing the way he's playing after the way he looked the two years here with the Jets. 
<laughs> well, what, what I mean, I don't like, right, it. like what, what, what could be the only takeaway? And this is a different regime. The, the, but uh, he was here last year. Yeah. It, it, it looked it, like this. It's, it's, to me, <laughs> it's, it's clearly, a, it's a jet problem. It's unbelievable. He's, he's flinging it around. He's, he's like yeah. back in his heyday. I know. He, he thinks he's in Baltimore again. Uh-huh. I mean, he looks now. Listen, he's not great, but he, but he's a serviceable backup who has well, earned I will the say this, job. For the based the on the standards he had when he was a Jet, he is great. Yeah, how he looked when he was a Jet, he is great. Outside yeah. of that game, in Cle- remember the Cleveland game where he, they had that miracle? Yes, week yes. three or week four. Yeah, yeah, that week he looked great. He did look good. He did look good that week. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha. Listen, guys, don't make fun of Saquon Barkley. He's smoking some of that same green I just had a little while ago. <laughs> I love Saquon, but I mean, good Lord. <laughs> I got a bridge to sell that, man. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Cutlitz is playing well. Uh, you can't get mad at him, but look who they're playing. They got two games with the Eagles. Are they winning either one of those? They're, they're not going to the playoffs. Uh, I've I, I transitioned to hoops a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, and um, – and I'm glad Zach Wilson had the game he had, but you, you, you fool me once, uh, it happens. You fool me four times, I'm a fool. You know, but, uh, no, but I'm looking no, at No, they that. finally figured it out, Buddha. They just have to let him go out there and, and rip it. Uh, and mm, okay. uh, he, this is what he's going to look like. You're going to rip that football, you're going to rip your pants. There's two different kinds of ribs. <laughs> I mean, God bless him. I just, as long as he increases his trade value, it'll be good. But I have no confidence that even if they get the that who's gonna? I'm not even getting involved in them guys. No, no. Like I said, I transitioned to hoops, uh, and I know it's been soluble to uh, hate on Chris Paul these last few years, especially with some of um, his Stephen A. Uh, MMA punches that he's been having against players and and being injured all the time. But tonight he's looking vintage. Mm-hmm. You know that that alley oop he had to Kaminga was beautiful. Yep. You know, and, and, and in terms of the the Phoenix team, you know, um, I, I kind of rooting to see Durant, Beal, and Booker be healthy all at one time, just to see how they measure up against the Nuggets. Because I love the Lakers, I love LeBron and all that, but the, the, the Nuggets need some form of competition. And I think if those three guys ever could get healthy for thirty games together, maybe that could be. You know, I, who wants to see somebody just blow through through, through the conference and get to the finals? I, I want to see competition. But you guys were talking about the Knicks and, and, and the trade talks. And, and, and all the trade talk, to me, is it, very whimsical. I mean, you know, the real impediment to the Knicks is the Randall and Tibbs relationship. And let, let's say that the Knicks make a trade and they bring somebody in. Who's going to tell Julius Randall, we don't need you bringing the ball up the court or, or, or taking uh, the most shots? Whether you get another player or not, and I don't know who the other player would be. We have to see how it all shakes out. But, you know, the, the the other part of the problem is you can have all the draft picks you want. There's going to have to be a player involved in that trade. So the Knicks only have two marketable players, and we all know who they are. It's either Quickly or R.J. Barrett. And, and, and Randall's ball dominance and, and, and um, Tibbs' lack of uh, discipline or whatever you want to call it with him – these things are an impediment to R.J. Barrett, quote-unquote, showcasing his talents if you were going to trade him. Then when you got quickly, you know, if you trade quickly, 
he's the only real buzz you have on the team. Between Quickly and R.J. Barrett, they're the only two players that you could say, you know, look, maybe, and R.J. Barrett's been here a longer time than Quickly, but these are the only two players who you can look down the road and say, they could possibly be better than where they are, and they're still, you know, they're, they're decent players now. So, once again, the, the, the situation really is, forget about who Leon Rose could bring in here. Is the coach going to be able, willing, ready, and able to say to Julius Randle, I need you to take a secondary role? Because I know he's played well in the last few games, but you, you watch him play and you look at him and you you know it. You, we all know these kind of players in sports where it's better for him in his mind if he dominates and scores 35 and the team doesn't win as opposed to if he scores 18 and the team wins. He's a juvenile type of personality in terms of emotion. And at some point, you have to have something that you can sell, not just to the team that you're going to uh, trade for, but you know how the NBA is. Yeah, I'm not going there. <laughs> I'm not going there unless you can guarantee me that I can showcase myself. Mm. And I think that's more what the impediment is than who actually will become available. But we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call because um, that is a that is a stumbling block, Gordon. You'd have to try. You would think that other than um, uh, he he's really the guy that you have to. He's making so much money. He's really the guy that you would love to include in the trade to make the deal right. Right. Because it helps you get rid of him. <laughs> you know, it helps you upgrade that position. Because and see, if he had, if he just had one really good post series, post playoff yeah. series, right? You could, it would be easier to move him. But he has not in the postseason. And listen, it's unfair about last year because he got hurt with the ankle. It's unfair. But nevertheless, it was a you know he's got the reputation because Atlanta just took him so out of his game in that first year. They don't make the playoffs the second year. It comes back last year. He's hurt. You just don't have any confidence that he's going to be able to show you and do anything in the postseason. He needs a postseason resume for you to be able to move him, and I don't see how you get it. Yeah, and unfortunately, he kind of has a postseason resume. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not one you want to be putting up on Indeed, that's for sure. No. Indeed, you don't. <laughs> this is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I don't know how Golden State continues to put up with Draymond Green and his antics. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, I mean, he just he just turned around and just popped Nurkic right in the face. Yep. I mean, it, it, it wasn't like, listen, it's not the playoffs. It's not where they're jostling, you know, the physical nature of the game and, you know, you lose your temper. You it's not even the in-season tournament. Just jump over and punch <laughs> you right in the face. Yeah, no, it's not even like K being angry at somebody. It's, it's, it's you know, it's just him, you know, just, just Draymond being Draymond. And, and I don't get how, at this point, Gordon, Golden State, with all due respect to them, this is not the team that's the team to beat in the West now. Okay, they're not that same team. No. They're a really more. good team, but mm -hmm. they're not the same team. And because they're not the same team and not as deep, 
they really need Draymond Green on the floor to kind of move that offense and handle the ball as well as he does and see the floor and be that guy. Not be knucklehead Draymond that, that doesn't play. And now here's another situation where he's hurt or either he's either injured or is causing injury to somebody else. And he's now going to probably be at, what, seven, eight, nine, ten games? Who knows? Again, he's not available. It makes no sense. Maybe this is his way of working around load management, right? You can't have load management anymore, so I'll just punch a guy in the face. They'll suspend me for ten games. Well, you know, the thing is, he well, he was doing that before we even knew what load management was. Yeah. He was just yep. Draymond being Draymond. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you and see, here's the thing. If you're Steph Curry, you're just like, come on, man. When is this, when did you grow up and stop? Well, I mean, did you If he hasn't anything? done it by now, he's not, let me tell you, he's not going to grow up and stop. I mean, At no point know. is he going to grow up and stop. I mean, this is a guy that, that cold cocked his teammate. <laughs> last year. Punched him right in the face. I mean, you know, he, he likes the face. He does well. Look, that's a that's a that's a good pl- if you're going to hit somebody, that's a good place to punch somebody. You know, and and he's got and you know what, he's got a very successful podcast, and he's done some work on TNT. When his season, when his career is over, he's going to be a very fascinating NBA analyst person. I'm really curious to see how he's going to be as an analyst full time. Very curious, especially on physical play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very curious, very curious to see how that goes. Well, Gordon, my friend, you know, tomorrow night, the Knicks are playing the Utah Jazz, so we will step away so folks can enjoy the game. We will come back on Thursday night. We've got Rich Samini. We'll have our Know Your Opponent segment. We've got a New Orleans Saints writer. We've got a Miami writer to talk about your Dolphins and oh, bring great. us up to date on what's just, going just on what with I want Tyree to talk Hill. Yeah. Oh, you know, you want to know I can break it to them that the season's over. Get ready to write the, the end of season stories. So what I want you to do tomorrow, after the update in the morning, just mm-hmm. woosah yourself and have a great day. Mm-hmm. I'll see you I'll, on Thursday. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. I can't make any promises, Larry. Well, just do your best. That's all I can ask. <laughs> I'll see you Thursday.